What's up, internet? Welcome to another episode of the Pace and Space podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Kyle Kuzma. I am your host, Calvin, and with me, as always, my co-host, Leif. What's going on? Man, I'm doing awesome, trusting the process, and following this Sixer-Laker game that's happening right now. Yes, yes. As a Laker fan and Leif being a Sixer fan, this is tenuous waters we're diving into trying to record a podcast where our two favorite teams play each other but we're going to try and get it through because we know that the people need to hear the pace and space podcast so we've got a lot of basketball to talk about it's been some pretty exciting things going on some things worthwhile to talk about and i think first and foremost we have to talk about the streaking cavaliers the Cleveland Cavaliers on a 13-game winning streak as of as of today. LeBron James has been putting in monster performance after monster performance. Kevin Love is looking like Kevin Love again. And you are hearing some six-man-of-the-year buzz for Dwayne Wade. We even have talk of Derrick Rose potentially rejoining the team. So, Leif, is everything coming up Cleveland right now? Everything is looking good so far, and I think the only things that can mess them up right now is Derrick Rose coming back, and I don't want to see see him come back and mess up some of that chemistry and trying to get some minutes. But mm-hmm. Cleveland's doing exactly what I thought they would have done beginning of the season, which is put LeBron on the court with four shooters. That's what they had to do, and right now you see that working. Um, other teams don't know what to do with that. When you have LeBron with four shooters on the court, you're able to put in Wade, and he's able to perform. And like you said, Kevin Love's looking great. He's yeah. he's looking great. He's putting up numbers. He's rebounding the ball. He's he's playing sometimes with his back to the basket. He's going out behind a three-point line. He's doing everything that you want him to do right now. So... I think they can keep this momentum going. Yeah, um, I mean, a couple of things. I, one, you like you said, um, they're they're spacing the floor and defenses aren't really able to handle that. I mean, also too. I mean, I have to give credit where it's due. LeBron is shooting amazing from the three point line this year. He's at forty three percent. That's the highest of his career. All of a sudden, he decides to become a marksman from three. <laughs> um, and that's really been adding to the spacing that that defenses don't know how to handle because before you could at least play off of him a bit because he wasn't the best of of three-point shooters but if he's knocking down at that clip you have to press up on him and then that just spells doom for the defense and so you have that you have you have, like you said, we have to see what happens when Rose comes in. We also have to see what happens when Isaiah Thomas comes in because we're starting to hear more and more that he's getting closer and closer to to playing. And while he is definitely a better three point shooter than Derrick Rose, this is still going to be an acclimation process, and I do want to see what happens there. But despite LeBron playing amazing, despite his high free three-point percentage, I am going to come out here and say I think this win streak is a little bit smoke and mirrors. I don't think they are as great as this win streak might indicate. They've played a lot of lower-tier competition in this win streak. 
and they've also had to rely on basically gassing LeBron through the entire game, basically playing him like close to 40 minutes to get these wins. And I don't know how sustainable that is for another couple months. Yeah, it's not sustainable. I think they're going to have to make some adjustments when it comes to that. But at the same time, I agree with your point. LeBron's playing amazing. And it's just something that we just have to understand. Every time we look at LeBron each year, it's always something else that he adds to his game. And right now, whether or not this is just a stretch that he's going through or whether or not this is something that he's adding to his game, his ability to shoot for three, we don't know. But it's something to wonder. It's like, is he really adding this to his game? I think before it was something when it came to his confidence behind a three-point line and always looking for the pass. And so it was always something that was in the back of his mind. And by the time he pulled up, it was like too late. Mm. But now, like you said, they're now have to, to get, move up a little bit and put some defense on him because in the past they would just play him to pass the ball. Right. And that's what he was going to do. But yeah, now they got to respect him a little bit more with that three point shot. It's something that I think can continue. And while I know they're not going to continue, you know, they're going to win 20, 25 games straight. I don't expect that. And yes, they're playing against competition that may not be the best. But at the same time, I do think that they figured out something. And now when they add these other pieces in, we, we still have to see what happens when Rose comes back. We still have Tristan Thompson. We still have Isaiah Thomas. How do these guys come back in and keep up with the flow? You know Thomas is going to want to play. So, you know, does he come in and take some of that – take some of the burden off of LeBron? I don't know. Um, do they struggle when he first comes back? I believe so. And mm-hmm. Wade's doing a good job coming off the bench. That's what we. That's what he needed to do. And he's being a good sport about it, and his numbers are actually looking better. I know earlier on in the year of the season, I gave him, you know, told him he wasn't playing well. I believe I gave him dud of the week mm-hmm. just because of his play. But now he's actually showing his potential and he's accepting his role on this team. So the Cavs are looking great. I, 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 again, don't think that they're going to run away and, like I said, win a bunch of games straight again. But at the same time, you have to appreciate LeBron and what he's doing. And, again, you have another MVP caliber season from LeBron that we have to consider. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think you, to not put him in the conversation would be would be silly. And then when you look at the elements he's added to his game, it's just not another, you know, toward the force, so to speak, of LeBron just kind of bullying his way. He's He's added more skill. He's doing it in different ways. He's understanding how, you know, his improvements can open up the game for him and his teammates even more. And you got to give him credit for that. And he's playing shorthanded. He's playing without his... Uh, which should be the second leading scorer on the team. He is basically not playing with any point guards at all, and he's serving as the team's point guard himself right now. Um, and it, it's it's a testament to his, his skill as a, as a player, and you know the phenomenal athlete he is to play at this level. Um, so he's definitely he's definitely up there for 
MVP considerations um, this year. Another thing I, I wanted to bring up with this win streak and with them getting back to the the place in the standings they should be at, are we looking at a scenario where, yeah, Cavs are probably going to be the best in the East once again, and they might even shoot up to the number one seed? What do you think? They could shoot up to the number one seed. That's fine. But at the same time, I don't think it's a runaway that they're going to be the best team in the East. I mean, we can't dis- disregard what the Celtics are doing and what they True. continue to do. True. And they're only going to get better, especially as the season goes on. I mean, just take a look at what Al Horford is doing. Um, look how he's trans- transformed his game. I mean, we always knew... You know, he's a scorer, uh, somewhat of a decent rebounder. His numbers were going down. You know, I'm not the biggest Al Horford guy. But have you seen his assist numbers? Yeah, he's like, he's doing really good. He's pretty much leading the team in assists right now. I mean, and you see some of the young guys, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You, you see what this team is doing. They've, they've adapted. I'm not going to discredit what they're doing. And I still think that, well, it's Danny Ainge. I don't think they're going to make any big deals at the trade deadline, but this is a team that's playing and doing everything that they need to do to stay as that number one seed. And even though the Cavs are going on a run right now, I'm not going to go and bump the Celtics out. I'm going to, I'm going to stick right now. Celtics as the number one seed. They're a team that stayed together and that team has been riding together since the beginning of the season. Cavs just had a good run. We have to see how it plays out. So we'll see what happens over the next 10 to 15 games, and then we can revisit this. Yeah, we we'll, we can do that. As the, one, the, the good thing about this win streak, though, is it has made it a conversation again. We were just kind of, you know, we were wondering if this might be it for the Cavs, if this was just, you know, one one year too long for, the, for, this, for this team, for this core. Um, and what have you, but here they go, reeling off wins again, and you're like, okay, yeah, here comes the Cavs. They're, they're, we're going to have this conversation again. So it's a very uh, it's a very good uh, topic. It makes the league exciting to see, you know, if these upstart Celtics are going to prevail or if the Cavs are going to do what they do once again another year. Um, but that's what's going on on, on one spectrum. We got, we're going to switch over to the other spectrum a bit, to their NBA final rivals, the Golden State Warriors. And while everything is kind of starting to coalesce for Cleveland and they're starting to get some players back, um, the Warriors are dealing with some losses now, right, Leif? Yeah, they're dealing with some losses. And we're not just talking about wins and losses. We're also talking about players. Yeah. I mean, the big one is Steph Curry. He... uh, Rolled his ankle pretty bad the other night in a game, and right now the team is saying they're going. They're waiting a few weeks before they even reevaluate um, his his uh his timeline. So he's at least out for two weeks, no question. And then we'll see how much longer he'll be out after that. The thing with Curry, you know, Curry and ankles, his ankles they don't have a great history, so. I'm going to assume the team remains as cautious with that as as possible to make sure that um, this doesn't become an ongoing thing the rest of the season. So I'm 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 assuming at least a month, maybe even 
you know, six to eight weeks before we see Steph Curry again? I, I would say four to I would say four to six. That's how I'll feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. And but you know, but in the meantime, you know, that gives opportunity for you know who to step up, Kevin Durant. Do you think that he can do that? Oh yeah. I absolutely do think he can do that. I mean, right now they're asking him to be somewhat of a leader. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way this team is constructed, he stepped into a situation where all the burden doesn't fall on him. Right. After all, you had a championship caliber team, and he stepped onto it. So yeah, now that Curry's not there, now you're going to have KD go up there, still with Clay, still with Draymond, you know, still with Iguodala, still, still the same team put together just without Curry, which is not, which is not saying that you know. The loss of Curry is something to sneeze at. It's a big loss, but KD is a good enough player who can he who can make up for that loss. And so, if KD can keep himself out of trouble, I can. There's no reason to believe that they won't just keep playing and give Curry the time he needs to heal his ankle. Yeah, uh, and they had their first game without Curry in Charlotte. That's kind of that's kind of sad for for Curry. He didn't get to play uh, kind of that hometown game. But Durant first game, no no stuff, no Draymond either, and he had a triple double. He was the point guard and the center basically for the Warriors, and he had 35, 11, and 10. So this is the type of performances he's going to have to put up. Last year we saw the Warriors play without him. This is going to be. This, now we're going to see how they play without Curry. And, you know, we've, we've said time and time again that, that Curry is more of the, the straw that stirs the drink there in Golden State. So we'll have to see that now he, where Kevin Durant is truly in that number one role on this team, if he can carry them the way Steph has been able to do over the past few years. Right. And I think he will. I think he will get it all together. And and I wouldn't worry about it, especially, like I said, the way the team is constructed. It actually affords Curry the opportunity to just relax. It's not like with him hurt, they're all of a sudden going to drop down in the rankings. That's just the way this team is put together, which is you know, called a good work by the front office. So now he can get better, come back, don't have to rush it. Don't feel like he has to come back so soon. His health is more important than the wins you can get in a regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but this does open up the conversation of, I mean, right now they were already ahead of the Warriors, but does this injury perhaps solidify the Rockets getting the number one seed in the West now? It certainly helps it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the way the the way they're playing, I don't see any reason why if they keep playing that way and everyone stays healthy. I don't see any reason why they can't get that number one seed in the West. Yeah, they they're two games up on the Warriors right now. The Warriors are second at at twenty and six, and you know, no surprise. Once again, the San Antonio Spurs are right behind them. Uh. 
you know, four, four, like two and a half, three and a half games out of first, right behind the Warriors in third place. And that's without Kawhi, who should be coming back soon. And this is going to be a very interesting race now. It looks like it's a three-horse race for the number one seed in the West. I won't even go three teams. I'll stick with two. So you don't think the Spurs? No, I don't think the Spurs. I I can't. And I do do give the Spurs plenty of credit, though, because with Kawhi not playing, I didn't think they'll be able to sustain it this long. And they're right there. And I think that's great, but at the same time, it's a it's a two team race right now. I'm I'm extremely disappointed in OKC. I thought they would have been that third team easily, but well, well they got to make sure they they get into the playoffs right now. Exactly, they can't even they they're not even in the playoff picture right now yeah. the way but, they're playing. But I they will they will they'll get in. I mean, Utah and. And New Orleans is, is just like a, a game and a half ahead of them right now, um, you know. And, and Portland and and Denver are only a couple couple games ahead of them, too. So like from from five down to nine, they're all like within a game or two of each other. So there's gonna be a lot of shuffling there over the next couple of months. But um, we we can even do that. We can even do this real quick. So. We got Houston. We got Houston at one. Golden State at two. Spurs at three. Got the Timberwolves at four. They're fifteen and eleven. Then you have Denver and Portland tied at fifth with thirteen and eleven. And then you got the Pelicans and the Jazz tied for seventh at thirteen and twelve, which puts the OKC Thunder at nine. Out of those, out of those bottom five teams. Well, bottom six teams from Minnesota down to OKC. Which teams do you see being the odd ones out at the end of the playoffs? I mean, by the time the playoffs start. Uh, definitely Denver. Think Denver going to be the odd team out? Yeah, I think Denver's going to be the odd team out. Why you say that? I still don't buy into them. I, I, I still don't buy into the team. I still think they have some huge holes that they have to fill. And while the team is is together, they're playing well. Besides the fact that Millsap is injured, I, I just don't buy into Denver. They they still need a point guard. They still don't got a, a solid point guard yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and right now OKC, for everything we're saying, I mean they went on a three game win streak, I believe, and they're starting to figure things out. Right. They're starting to figure out that. They have to keep the the defense honest. You gotta include Steven Adams. Now they're giving him the ball and look at the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, he that's so, made a big difference. Um, them feeding him, finding him in these pick and rolls, getting him on those early post ups. And he's been more engaged on the on the glass and on the defense too, because of it as well. Exactly. And they just had to figure that out. So now if you can keep him involved and they can figure out how to play with one another, keep the same kind of aggression they had, and stop being passive. I think you'd be you wouldn't be surprised to see OKC get in there and possibly go fifth, maybe fourth. They'll they'll, they'll make their way up there. They just yeah. gotta go through these growing pains like every new team goes through. Yeah, they're so. they're due for a run. You you can kind of feel like they're they're due for a run in OKC. I like I like we said earlier when when. 
we were saying we weren't worried about them. They still have the second best defensive rating in the league. So the defense is there. They just have to figure out that offense. And, you know, with the, with, between those three guys and, and you get, like you said, you got Adams. And they just have to figure out who, who can be that consistent fifth player that can open up the court for them. Um, whether it's uh, Albrinas or Patterson, because Patterson has stunk it up, man. He hasn't been that good this year, and I think that's hurt them too. But if they can find that that fifth guy who can space the floor for them, I think that would unlock the deep, the offense tremendously, and then they would really start clicking. Yeah, they will. They mm-hmm. will. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I believe so too. So you so you think it's Denver? Um, hmm. So you so you you believe in the Pelicans maintaining and and getting into the playoffs? If Boogie continues playing the way he's playing, and and um, we start right. to if you know AD comes back healthy, yeah, I mean it's this is the weird thing. He's been playing amazing, and he's kind of just been dragging them on his own into uh, this playoff race. But but AD he can't stay on the court. He got hurt once again, and I mean honestly, Cousins has been the better better player out of the two of them so far this season. And but at the same time, if you're the Pelicans and you're at or below five hundred by the deadline, what is the point of holding on to Cousins? All right. So here's what I'm thinking. I thought about that too. What I'm thinking is that the team does not believe in Anthony Davis. They mm. don't believe in his health. They don't think he's going to stay healthy. Right. And I think they realize that they need a big who can do some of the same things that he can do. In comes Cousins who can do all those same things. So they're like, look, let's keep Cousins happy. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a nice contract. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till he's a free agent, give him a nice contract. He'll stay here. And once they get him locked up, I wouldn't be surprised if AD is not leaving soon thereafter. Wow. Okay. This is this is big. This is big. I was not aware of this. This is this is breaking news. So So you're saying that the Pelicans have been playing the long game with this Cousins trade with perhaps making him their centerpiece and then getting a King's rant- Ransom for Anthony Davis to build around Cousins with? Exactly. I think AD, wow. right now, they have they say Cousins go out there and we need you to be out there to help keep Davis healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is just me being just be trying to see between between the lines and creating a storyline. Okay. This is all but, speculation right now. All speculation. All speculation, but it it, it, it sounds good. So you far, go, so far, so good. Yeah, you tell them go out there and you go and you play. You make sure Davis stays healthy. We're gonna make sure you get your max contract, your max years. Don't worry about it. And he gets his max years. He becomes one of the highest played players in the league he's happy and then at that time the phone starts ringing and then hey 
know, someone wants Anthony Davis, and you got to keep it real quiet. You can't make too much of a story behind it. Mm. You just got to be real quiet about it, and then really work to get that King's ransom. Here's the one thing. Here's the one problem with this theory that you have cooking right now. Shoot. What if Cousins doesn't want to stay? That's the big risk you're going to have to take. Because this is... this. Is, I don't think you can count on loyalty from Cousins because he he's already learned the hard way what loyalty gets him. So that's one. Two, anyone who's been watching or in the league the last five to ten years can see that nothing is going nothing positive is going on in New Orleans. That is true. That is true. Nothing's positive happening there. And if you tell a guy like Cousins that you can be a free agent and you can pick where you want to go, mm-hmm. I mean there are a lot of options out there that he can choose from. A, a lot yeah, of other not. teams, a lot of better run teams too. I mean, he's already spent one summer with this team, and he saw how they they thought it was a good idea to sign, you know, Ian Clark, Rajon Rondo, and re re extend Drew Holiday for a ton of money as a way to build a playoff team. Yeah. So, I, to, if I was him, even just that one summer would tell me all I need to know about what my prospects are there. In terms of building a winner. So do you think it's more likely that he gets traded by the deadline? Or I do. the fact that they roll the dice and keep him? I think it's more likely that he gets traded by the deadline. Especially if Anthony Davis is going to be in and out of the lineup. Because honestly, both those, I think long term, both those guys are out of New Orleans. Oh, long run, yes. Because I, I, I don't think Davis is staying beyond... His contract there, and they're gonna have they're gonna have a hard choice of figuring what they're gonna do, um, whether to keep him or try to keep, or or trade him before before it, it becomes just a rental. And cousins and Davis know each other. They you know they're both K- Kentucky alumni. They've been around each other. So to me, I don't see how cousins could see, feel like there's a future there. When here, when it's already possible, the one guy he enjoys playing with on that team may not even want to be there anymore. So I think that's a lot of it has a lot to do with it too. And to me, this Cousins trade was more about rolling the dice and seeing if they can, um, if they can catch lightning in a bottle and get two playoff runs while he was here on the contract to try and show Anthony Davis that they were on the right track. Right. And they didn't get they didn't they missed it last year. It didn't work out. You know, they they're in the hunt this year, but they're going to need Anthony Davis to stay healthy and he's already banged up. Maybe this will be the only time he misses for the season and then they and then they start rolling off some wins and look better. But I think the safer money is to assume that he's going to get dinged up a little more along the way. That is the safer money. The safer money is also to say that, hey, he gets traded at the deadline. Um, um, cousins. Cousins. And then they'll get, they're not going to get much. Well, but they'll hey, get something. I got a package the Lakers could send them right now. 
to get DeMarcus Cousins. What's your package? I I would send Rand I would send Randall and Brooke Lopez, and like some future pick consideration. No one wants that, man. No one wants Randall's a good player. Randall's a good player. You get another big with Lopez to play alongside Davis, so he doesn't have to bang with the centers. And they're I mean they're both free agents, but as is be, better than getting nothing. They'll get two free agents. It's a it's a it's a stinky package, but what's the better package they're gonna get for for a cousin's rental? Exactly. Like you gotta it, get a stinky rental. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland's not gonna give that Brooklyn pick for a rental of cousins. At they least will. they shouldn't. Um, maybe they will. You think? I, okay, I guarantee you. They, uh, okay, so maybe they will. And then the other option is like what, like. You swap cousins with DeAndre Jordan, the Clippers. <laughs> no, I don't see that either. No, so. that that would make that would make the Pelicans even worse by far. I I mean I agree. So okay, so let's just okay. So you think the Cavs would trade the Brooklyn pick? All right. So oh, but yeah. so but outside of that. I don't really see the deal that's coming up because Boston's not gonna Boston has assets, but they're not gonna move they're not gonna send those assets to New Orleans for a rental of Boogie Cousins. Especially when they could have Boogie last year and they, they, they figured they were better off without him. And you know, there's other teams that would want him, but they'll probably just wait to take their chance in free agency then trade anything of value for him. Oh yeah, they will. So, but it's a more interesting dialogue. I mean, it's more interesting to say, "Hey, they're gonna try to trade for him now," as opposed to waiting. I mean, shoot, look what happened today. Yeah, and all those teams could have waited. That's true. So you bring up a good one. So let's get into that. Uh, what Leif is referring to is the Seventy Sixers made a trade this this afternoon. They traded. Jaleel Okafor, Nick Stauskas, and a second round pick and a future second round pick to the Brooklyn Nets for Trevor Booker. That's right. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor, Nick Stauskas, and a future second round pick for the one and only Trevor Booker. Leif, as a 76ers fan, how did you feel about this trade? All right, let me preface this by saying that I am not going to be one of these 76ers fans who's looking through rose-colored glasses and sees everything as roses and everything's great and say, oh, wow, great, we got this great player. Like I already saw on Twitter saying, oh, we got this guy who is a hustle guy. We need a high-energy guy. Uh, Okay. Okay. Let's stop. Okay, let's... Let's bring it back to reality. This is a horrible trade. I agree. What were they thinking? Um, I understand that you want to trade Okafor. Okay. I know his value is not high. Okay. But I would say, all right, you're going to trade Okafor for a second round pick. That's what you're going to get for him. 
If they made that trade and say they got it for a second round pick, yeah, we'll say, man, what could have been. But you know what? They got a pick. Mm-hmm. I would never think that you would trade him and a pick and this stock. What? What were you thinking? What was the point? Like, that was just way too much. But hey, good job for the Nets for making that trade. I'm not mad at y'all. You you now got a, a, a center mm-hmm. who has potential. He's motivated. And I think he's going to surprise people. And hopefully he stays healthy and they give him all the opportunities he needs. And you also got a sharpshooter who can shoot. And right. you got a pick coming in. <laughs> I mean, what a way to make yourself feel better for giving up Kyle Kuzma. I mean, yeah, that was. <laughs> so now the Nets have the second and third pick from the 2015 draft. They got D'Angelo Russell and Jaleel Okafor. That's awesome. I mean, for a t- I mean, for a team that basically gave up all of its future when Billy King made that trade with the Celtics, they they're basically back to where they would have been had they kept their picks now. Exactly. Exactly. So think about that. So think about that. They're exactly where they would have been if they kept their picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more or less. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have trade. They wouldn't have drafted those exact guys, and you know, they probably would have liked to have had the first two years with them to perhaps develop them more the way they wanted. But but they have talent now. They have they have high end talent that they didn't have on the team before. And this is a, you know, I don't know how, I don't know exactly how Jaleel Okafor is going to fit in Brooklyn. That is a, that is a high tempo offense. It is a, it is a space, it is a pace and space offense. Um, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see how he fits in there. But there's nothing wrong with, you know, rolling the dice and seeing what you can do with that talent, especially if it all it costs you is Trevor Booker. Exactly. You know Trevor Booker. He's a solid veteran. He's a nice guy. He's a good. He's a good player. He he he's good for a double double. Works hard on the glass. You know, extended his range to the three point line. But at the end of the day, he he's a role player. And you've got you got a potential starting center, maybe even more if he if he fulfills his potential. Another sharpshooter and a future pick consideration, all for. A, a veteran role player. You, you do that ten times out of ten. Exactly. And now you look at this team and you're saying, "All right, so now you you got a center, and you got Russell, so you got your point guard. You're putting a team together." Yeah. That ain't bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, Sean Marks has done a very good job in a short amount of time. He he's found a way to. I mean, this is what you do when you when you don't have that young talent. You roll the dice on on people who've kind of like overstayed their welcome at their current team, and you bank on the lottery talent winning out at the end of the day. Exactly. You and in the case of Brooklyn, they had to go back and undo a lot of wrongs that were done. Mm-hmm. And I think their past two trades have done exactly that. Yeah. You got two you got two lottery talents, top three talents on your team. And it didn't cost you much. 
No. And it looks great. So, I mean, you got to give it up to Brooklyn. They made some. They made a good move today. Um, Sixers, I'm disappointing you. I know you gave up on Okafor. I, I just think that there were better ways to go about this deal. And I think that you gave up on Okafor too soon. But, hey. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it. I got to say, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of the Sam Hankey era. But I got to say, it it was... It was better than the Colangelo era so far. Because everything that's... Even though the Sixers are playing well and everything's moving forward, this is all remnants of what Sam Hinkie put together. He drafted Embiid. He drafted Simmons. He drafted Covington. He, he, he You know, all this talent, he kind of already put together. I mean, they... they okay, the Colangelo era signed J.J. Redick. That was a great signing. And then they signed Jared Bayless. Eh, okay. And that's about it. And now they've made this trade for New Orleans Noel where they got like 50 cents on the dollar. And they made this trade for Jalil Okafor where they didn't even get like 25 cents on the dollar. They gave they gave somebody $5 just to, just to get a dollar back. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it they kind of have not hit on these trades. They knew they had a two. They knew they had a log jam. They knew they had to, you know, clear up space. They knew once Embiid hit the court last year, they knew that he was their guy. And once Simmons hit the court this year, they again knew that that is their other guy. I mean, their talent is unmistakable, but. The way they handled Noel, the way they handled Okafor, where they just buried them, and then it wasn't even just the lack of playing time, but it just kept coming out how they were maybe, you know, bad attitude guys, bad makeup guys, um, you know, start talking about work ethic and things like that, and you just kind of like cratered any trade value they had even without even with them not getting minutes there was at least a specter of man if this guy could get minutes what could he do but when you you let all this stuff come out about these guys where they're like head cases or their problems in the locker room you know people are not going to give you prime assets for to make a trade with you for that Exactly. And I think that's where the Hinky situation was different because I guess knowing Hinky, you would feel that, you know what? He could have actually made this trade. He can actually have traded Okafor mm-hmm. and gotten value back. Oh, of course. Of course he could have. Or he could have traded Nealon's Noel and got value back. And so now we're looking and saying, all right, so you made this deal and. It's, and when you look at the actual deal on paper, you're saying, okay, well, I guess Okafor went for a second-round pick, and you know, but it didn't happen that way. It's kind of weird the way the trade worked out. Yeah, I mean, it was really weird that they had to include. I mean, I can understand including Stauskas maybe for salary, but to include a, a a pick as well, just to get just to get Okafor out of your hands. Like the guy's only what twenty two, twenty three. 
he's young and to get him out of your hair i mean yeah wow. i'm not a fan of that you know i kind of was disappointed with the with that trade um i know sam hinky was probably laughing a little bit in his head like that was a horrible trade he, I mean, when he traded MCW, I thought that was crazy. But then at the same time, he traded him for a first-round pick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that was the pick. I think that was the pick they used to get Markel Fultz when they traded exactly. up. Exactly. Which is another trade that isn't looking too, too great right now. Yeah, but apparently Markel Fultz is, they said his shoulder is fine. His well, whatever imbalance is gone. and Well, even if Fultz is good. Even if Fultz is good, that and that that's not looking to be a great trade because at the before the draft, everyone said like Fultz was hands down the best rookie, the best rookie in this draft, and you know maybe Lonzo could be as good as Fultz, but then after that there was going to be these tears, and they traded up, they they traded up, they swapped the one for the three, but they also gave Boston these other two picks so that they could move up. And now Boston has Jason Tatum, who even if Markel Fultz hits, Jason Tatum might be just as good, if not better, even if they both hit. And then you gave them these other two picks also. So yeah, I agree. It, it doesn't it doesn't look good. But we still we had a conversation today earlier about something another type of trade we got to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's true. We got to see how it plays out. And we don't know. I mean, does Markel Fultz come back and proves his worth? Um, right. I mean, uh, he, not giving too much hope in that. Yeah, he but, could come back and he could maybe his his top level is even better than what we're seeing from like Tatum and and Donovan Mitchell and all these other guys. Maybe. I, it's hard to assume that, given how good those guys have looked already, but it's possible. Right. Hopefully, I think a lot of things with Fultz, to me, it, it's going to also be what's between his ears. Mm. I, I think that ability can be there. Um, when he came back and the way he was shooting his free throws, I mean, come on now, to me, that was embarrassing. I right. mean, how long have you been playing basketball? Since when do you shoot free throws like that? My yeah. son is going to shoot free throws like that. So <laughs> come on now. Yeah. Like, wake up. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is also his mind. If he comes back with a mentality that he has something to prove, then I think he has the potential. The minutes are there. They'll give him the minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, when he first comes back, I think he'll have an easy you know, path to 15, 20 minutes a game if he earns it. Mm. And hopefully he earns it and makes it hard to keep him off the floor. So, hey, it's all it's all in his hands right now. Yeah, it's he's got to come back and and show what he can do and and hopefully uh, things will look will be looking up for them. But it, you know, this is another case of a trade that has not really looked great, even at initial viewing in the Colangelo era. So. We'll have to see. I mean, you know, Simmons and Bede, you know, they might be so good that these trades don't even matter long term. They, they're they're going to keep bringing winning ways to the Sixers, even despite of the Colangelos. But tr- trades like these, they can add up when you're not getting when you're not getting proper value back in return. You know, you 
that that accumulation can end up hurting you eventually. But, you know, speaking of Embiid, I wanted to talk with you about Embiid because um, a couple of days ago he had, well, for like a week he had this back and forth with Andre Drummond through the media and on Twitter, back and forth. And then, you know, they had the, the faded match where they went up against each other and as it would have, as you know, as it would work out, Drummond fouled out. And Embiid, you know, he's he's sending him to the showers. He's, you know, he's gesturing to get him out of there. He's doing the whole, he's doing the whole shtick. And then after the game, he's talking about how he's the best center in the NBA. So, so Lave, are you loving this? Are you loving the the Embiid entertainment? And do you agree that he's the best center in the NBA? Well, first of all, I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving it. I think it just speaks for his personality. And I don't think anyone's taking it seriously. And I think that's kind of what you want. You kind of want that storyline. Even with the whole thing with Drummond. I mean, he said all those things. And then right after the game, they gave each other a pound. They probably just, you know, they talked a little bit. And then they probably made plans to hang out later that evening. Right, and right. and that's kind of what you want to see, you know. Yeah, we can talk somewhat trash, and even the trash they're talking is nothing serious, you know. It, hey, I'm better than you. I mean, of course you're gonna say that, you know. You're just trying to get under the skin of the other player, but but I'm loving it. That's kind of what I want to see from my player. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely entertaining. Sometimes I get a little tired of him, but then he comes back around and does something that's really funny. Or really gets me like, oh, okay, that that was pretty good. Um, he, he's not the best center in the league right now, though. He's not. He no, just isn't. He's not the best center in the league. I mean, he's he, not yet. Not he, yet. He's, he's getting he, upward. Yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. But, you know, a guy by the name of, you know, Boogie Cousins still exists that we were just talking about. He's clearly yeah. the best center in the league right now. Um, he he's He's definitely, I think Embiid is definitely up there like, top two or three though if we're being honest it depends who you consider a center i guess too but you know i'd i'd, I'd rather have him beat over right. over towns right now I'd rather have him over yeah. carl anthony towns i mean i was just saying i'd rather have him over anthony davis i think he's played better than anthony davis although you know you know people say he's not a center i i think he's a center but people say he's not a center uh hassan whiteside I mean, I'd rather have him beat over Whiteside. Um, you know, then we get into some of the, you know, the the oldest older guard like Mark Gasol. You know, is not beat better than Mark Gasol? Yep. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it definitely, when you talk about potential, he's way ahead, and he's at a point. You know, especially this year, where so far so good. You know, he hasn't had to miss any time. The production is there. So he, he definitely is trending up. But for right now, a guy by the name of DeMarcus Cousins still holds the crown of best center in the NBA. I think that's absolutely fair. So I will definitely say that he's top two, top three in the league right now. But, man, is he, is he fun to watch? I love the attitude. I love the personality. I love the stuff he's saying on Twitter. I just love it, it. It's good. That's what you need. You need a little swagger. So he's saying it. But when he says it, 
if, if it came from if LeBron said the same thing, then everyone's gonna be mad at LeBron. But when he when Embiid <laughs> says it, everyone's kind of like you know that's just Embiid. You know he goes out there and then he's gonna give you a pat in the back at the at the end of the game. So you gotta love it. It's all good. Yeah, he definitely has that carte blanche right now. And you know some of a lot of it's earned. He he's he's been affable. He's been so he's been social. He's you know he's been a fun loving person so far. Reminds me a bit of Shaq. Exactly. Reminds me a little bit of Shaq. Yeah, I can see that. Not Definitely. not game not game of course, but just you know how uh, he likes to joke around with the media and and with other players of the teams and things like that. And he's a, and the and the team loves him, and works with the coaching staff well. I mean, you really can't be mad at him. So he's doing everything right. So, yeah, trust the process. Yeah, Leif is trusting the process. All right, that's but, right. So before we wrap up, we gotta go to the special segment of the of the week that we do every week now, where we get into Leif's dude and dud of the week. So hit us with it, Leif. All right. All right, here we do it. So let me start off with my dude of the week. My dude of the week goes to Steven Adams. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, Steven Adams, it was close because I was between you and Al Horford. I was stuck between which one I was going to give it to. But I had to go with Steven Adams because, because of that three-game win streak and how he's playing, how they got him involved, and how he's scoring and rebounding and having that presence on the defensive end. Man, Steven Adams, you are the dude of the week. Keep it up, you know. And if they keep him playing and they use him as a a valuable member of the offense, I definitely think that they can continue rolling and they the OKC will definitely get up to that fifth seed in the West in no time. Yeah. That's a good one. I like I like I like that. Steve Adams had a really nice week. So so who's your dud of the week? All right, my dud of the week. This actually might be the first dud who was actually a dude in the same season. Mm. But my dud of the week goes to Kevin Durant. Ooh. Why why so? Does he have an attitude problem or something? Like these ejections, right? Like it's like he he's going through something where I mean three ejections in 18 games is does he think he's DeMarcus Cousins or something with yeah what I don't he? know he, he's gotten this uh he's trying to do this fake tough guy act this year for some know, reason and we know he ain't tough yeah first he had the thing he had first he had the run in with with Westbrook where he called them you know you know what when they had their little scuffle I mean, it was funny that he chose to do it then when the Thunder were blowing them out already and the game was pretty much over. But we exactly. had that, you had that, and, and now you have these ejections, you know? What's going on with him? Can't, can't tell you, man. Cannot call it. Because some are saying that maybe he's losing his composure. Some people are saying that people are really getting under his skin. Yeah, but... You gotta wonder, like, what what are they, uh, what what could they be saying in that's really getting under his skin like that? You know, 
I don't know, but apparently whatever they're saying is working. I'm pretty sure, you know, Cousins is probably calling the next team he's playing and telling him, like, all right, here's what I said to him. Make sure you say the same thing. It'll get him under his skin. And you just keep saying the same things over and over. You know, they all trash talk. So, you know, that's a constant thing that they're doing. So, hey, keep the trash trash talk coming and, and you know he can't handle it clearly he can't handle it mm. you just see some of the things he's doing right so got a good point so that's the dud of the week I, I endorsed that I mean it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard you gave the guy a dud of the week the same week he had a triple double but the ejections I mean he kind of earned it and the the fake tough guy thing yeah the, the, the fake tough guy thing I'm not a I'm not a fan of that fake tough guy thing because everyone's looking at you like, all right, you know, you're you're not that tough. Like, come on now. <laughs> I mean, we, you don't you don't look. We don't expect Kevin Durant to be a tough guy. I mean, we all knew when he's OKC that wasn't his job. His job wasn't to be the tough guy. Right. You know, he had Adams. He had Abaka. He had Westbrook. KD was like the sixth tough guy on that the sixth tough guy on that team like he wasn't no one looked at him and was like okay KD stepping up to me okay excuse me you know like <laughs> yeah it's like yeah he may be seven feet tall but he's like 170 soaking wet you know it it, it really didn't come together that way it's like alright KD and I'm I'm saying this I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a big KD fan I'm not gonna say hey I'm I'm just disappointed with all these ejections and this attitude problem that he's maybe something's going on in his personal life. Maybe maybe, maybe yeah. he's going to talk to him and just say, hey, you know what? What's going on? You know, because a lot of these guys, they do research before the game anyway. So they kind of figure out no what's going on in your life and they'll use that against you. Right. So maybe they know something's going on and they're using that. But whatever it is, I mean, they know what it is and. Man, KD, you need to you need to figure this out. Stop this. Especially now with Curry hurt. Yeah, they need him to stay in the games, especially now. Yeah, I mean, leave the dirty word to Draymond. You know, not you. <laughs> right, right. Making Draymond look at the good guy. Yeah, well, I think Draymond was just trying to save his life because he was going at Cousins, but he didn't really want to go at it with Cousins. That hold me back moment. Yeah, that <laughs> hand to Jalen Rose, hold me back. Yeah, like Kevin, like KD was walking towards Boogie, and he was like, "All right, someone, one of my teammates are gonna have to come here and stop me." Wait a minute, I'm getting too close, but I can't stop now. Hold on, and then someone grabbed him, and then he's like, "Okay, now I can fake lean towards him." <laughs> You're right, like, right. This is my full intention this whole time. Oh, and Boogie wasn't even moving. Boogie was like, "Hey, you gonna come over here? Or what?" Yeah, you know Boogie. Boogie doesn't care. He's like, look, I already know my reputation. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that was a good one. That was a good dude. That was a good third of the week. I appreciated those. Uh, always have a, always look forward to that segment. It's uh, one of the best things on the pod th- these weeks. Um, so want to thank everybody for listening this evening. Um, once again, you can always catch us on Apple Podcasts, on, on SoundCloud. Um, if you have, if you've used the Overcast app, we're, we're on there. Um, and 
Also, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pace and Space Podcast. And then on Twitter, at Pace and Space Pod, all one word. And hit us up. Send some questions you want us to answer on the pod. Any any thoughts or opinions you had on what we talked about, please let us know. And keep uh keep listening keep clicking on it and uh follow us on on facebook follow us on twitter um and you know subscribe to us on apple Podcasts if you can rate and review it and uh thanks for listening yep as always thank you everyone encourage you to trust the process and you know we, we love you we appreciate it thank you that's right and as always stay woke and stay mellow